You are welcome to the podcast of Dominion Chapel International, the special place. We are a church that believes in pure worship, unadulterated word, and family. Be enlightened as you listen to this message. We clap once again for the bishop. That is good to see you. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you excited to be here today? Amen. Amen. If you're not excited, I know that after this message, you shall be excited. <laughs> well, I'm teaching on a very important subject. You know, when I was coming, I had a very interesting conversation with the Holy Spirit. And I was telling the Holy Ghost that I know that in Ghana, almost everybody is named Emmanuel in December. So how come Bishop was named Isaiah? Then I said to the Lord, perhaps his mother said Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. For unto us a child is born. And that's how his name came about. <laughs> so let's celebrate that Isaiah prophesied about Emmanuel. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Pastor, thank you for also having me. Can we celebrate Pastor Isaiah and his wife? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He has a lot of pastor friends, but he said I should come and preach today. So, sir, I take it not lightly at all. Amen. All right. I'm preaching on why you must honor your pastor. Why you must honor your pastor. Now, this is a very important biblical reality the devil has stolen from us. The reason is because the world has infiltrated the church. I always say that Jesus said, in the book of Matthew, chapter 16, when he said to Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, uh, but my Father which is in heaven. Then he says, I shall build my church, and the gates of hell cannot be able to prevail against it. Now, gates don't walk. So when he said the gates of hell will not prevail, he was not saying the gates will walk to the church. No, 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 no. no. If you check the scripture, well, gates are fixed posts. This gate cannot walk. The entrance cannot walk. So when the Bible says the gates of hell cannot prevail against you, he was giving reference to Jude 1. He says, we shall snatch them from fire. And the fire is in hell. So he's saying that the gates of hell cannot stop us from snatching people from entering it. That's what it meant. That means that even hell cannot stop the church. So what is stopping us? A long time ago, the Lord said to me, he said, the church suffers an autoimmune disease. It is the church that is killing the church. <laughs> the church is the killer of the church. Because the power of the church is over and above what Satan has. So the only power to kill the church is in the church. When pastors are fighting each other, cursing one another, destroying sons, destroying daughters, that's, the, that's what is killing the church. Praise the Lord. So what Satan does is he infiltrates the church with worldly systems that causes the church not to rise. And one of it is dishonor. Dishonor. Now, you should understand that in the kingdom, seed time and harvest, as long as we are on earth. Jesus has finished all, but prayer is the seed for answer. So the fact that Jesus has finished it, he says, as long as the heavens remain and the earth, seed time and harvest. So it means everything in this realm is by seed. 
is by seed. So the seed for learning is listening. If you are not a good listener, you are not a good learner. Listening. The seed for knowledge is steady. The seed for prosperity is given. The seed for access is Anna. In, look, you can listen to Benihin 10,000 times. You can listen to Bishop David Oedipo. You can listen to Pastor Christopher Kilomi. If you don't honor them, you can never access what they have. You can never access it. So that's why Satan will always fight you with honor so that whatever must touch your head, you will never contact. Everybody was calling Jesus Master, Lord. Only Judas was calling him Rabbi. That means that as long as he's concerned, he can be a disciple, but Jesus is not beneficial to him because of how he sees Jesus. Anna is key. There's Anna among servants. There's Anna among kings. It's honorable amongst kings to control how you talk and learn how to give and bless another. Anytime you go to a palace, the king always outgives what you brought. It's honor amongst kings to outgive gifts. Sheba brought 120 talents and all spices from Africa. By the time she was leaving, Solomon also gave her gifts so that her spirit left her. It's honor amongst kings. So your lack of giving as a Christian is not an expression of your kingship. <laughs> we are kings and priests. And the order of kings is we don't talk anyhow and we know how to give gifts. That's why when Abraham met Melchizedek. He gave an offering. It's the way of kings to exchange gifts. Hallelujah. <laughs> Tell your neighbor you must honor your pastor. Most importantly, a vision bearer like this is a very serious thing. From the very first day I set my eyes on him, <laughs> I know no man after the flesh. Yes, I yes, yes, yes. Because when a man stands to talk, it's not his face, neither is it his countenance or temperament. His genuines are standing with him. His experiences are standing with him. Every hand that has ever touched his head is available whilst he's talking. It depends on what you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. That's why Satan, the outward can be very contemptible, I'm telling you. He said, Paul, he was mighty in his writing, but he was rude in speech. Not Paul named Kasa. That's why Apollos even could win some of his disciples because Apollo was mighty in speech but Paul, the way he talked in fact his stature is even annoying he was short so when they see him, what, what is this smallish man very heavy words <laughs> and because he was short, he, he was always angry <laughs> please it's a joke oh. hallelujah <laughs> hallelujah you know someone gave a joke that the taller you are, the slower you are angry because by the time the anger reaches your head it takes a longer journey but when you are short, it's a very short distance. Pah, you are angry. <laughs> Please, that's a joke again. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's turn our Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12. 1 Thessalonians 5, 12. One day, Paul was writing to Timothy and he was writing to the Corinthian church and he mentioned Titus. He said to them in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 23, that they should inquire from Titus 
who is a fellow soldier and a fellow laborer about the ministers of Christ who are the glory of Christ. Can you put that scripture up before this one? Yeah, yeah. 2 Corinthians 8 verse 23. Paul said, if they ask Titus, whom he has sent to them, 2 Corinthians 8 23, he says, the preachers we have, they are actually the glory of Christ. That's what he says. He says, if anyone inquires of Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker concerning you, or about our brethren are inquired about, they are messengers of the churches, the glory of Christ. So the messengers we have, the preachers we have, the pastors we have, Bible says they are the glory of Christ. Mm -mm. How can you treat the glory of Christ anyhow? Yeah. Did you not read what Revelations 1 said? He holdeth the seven stars in his right hand. And the Bible says the right hand of God doeth valiantly. The right hand of God is power. So Jesus holds the seven churches and the seven stars. And the seven stars are the messengers. They are very dear to God. I'm telling you. Very dear to God. Very dear to God. Alright, let's go back to 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 and 13. I want you to have a proper estimation of men of God. The world don't have the education we have. Don't follow worldly people talking about pastors. Please, please, please. No, no. We have not so learned of Christ. Yeah. Every day I jokingly say, people go like, you are celebrating a man of God too much. You love him too much. Meanwhile, when you go to their phone, they have Cristiano Ronaldo. They have Messi. They have their godmother. They have their godfather. They have their uncle. And that one is not worship. Have you ever been at the airport and everybody, even security agencies, will stop and go and see Shatawale? And they are taking pictures of Shatta. Oh, this. Oh, oh, some boy. Oh, this. But when we see men of God and we kneel down in the office, we are worshiping a man. Whatever you do, you worship somebody. <laughs> You better choose those who carry God. I'm not saying we are worshiping men, but I'm just saying that even if you use that argument, I would rather choose a man of God. I can go to the Pharisee Shatawali. I don't care. I, I don't. I'm not interested. But when I see Reverend Stu, I'm like, hello, sir. I, I just sometimes I'm even can I walk to him and just say hello. Something happens to my spirit. If you don't have this in your spirit. You have to be born again. <laughs> it's the spirit of Christ. Amen. First Thessalonians 5, 12 and 13. Uh, so we can perfect our celebrations quickly. Yeah. The scripture I gave earlier on, First Thessalonians 5, 12 and, and 23. Can we read together one to go? Please, let's read it well. One to go, and we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. Verse 2, verse 13. And to esteem them. Hallelujah. And please, I want to say something. When we ask you to read the Bible like this, don't joke with it. Yes. The Bible says when Philip got to the chariot, he heard. He was not in the chariot, but he knew what the Ethiopian eunuch was reading. Because in those days, they read out. They don't read in their head. Are you here? So every time, faith actually comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, not reading. Reading gives you hope. Romans 15, 4. So if you want to get faith from your reading, 
read out for your hearing. So you hold the Bible by his stripes and healed. If you don't say it, your head sees what is available, but your ears does not make what is available true to your heart. So you pray, read the scriptures. You read it out for your hearing. That's how it happens. So in those days, remember, we all stand. Let's all stand for the Bible reading. We didn't you do it? So why are you now in the new? <laughs> and you are reading your head when they say, let's all read. Please, let's all read the scripture again. First Thessalonians 5.30. One, two, go. Hallelujah. Now, this is Paul writing to the church in Thessalonica. And he was explaining to them how they must treat the servants of God. From verse 12, we see that Paul was saying that there are some people God has given to us. And in fact, if you even check, <laughs> according to scriptures, can I show you something? God helps you choose a spouse, but God does not help you choose a father. I don't know if you get it. Technically, in scripture, he gives you fathers, pastors, but he helps you choose based on your choice with your wife. So one of the most surest actions to take aside salvation in your spouse is who your pastor will be. Because it's God who gives them. It's not you who say, ah, I like this man's preaching. I like the way he dresses. I like him. No. If he's not giving, you will fight. <laughs> he gives shepherds. Jeremiah 3.15. He gives. You don't choose. He gives. He gives them. So verse 12 says, please just be inter interchanging it. Verse 12 was talking about, it says, we are to recognize those who labor. And 1 Timothy verse 5 verse 17 says, they that labor both in doctrine and the word, the elders, he said they are worthy of double honor. So the labor here is talking about was the service of ministry. And he said, you have to esteem them very highly in love for the sake of the work they do. Now, the word, he could have just said, esteem them highly. But he used very highly. Very highly. And if you check the original word for very highly, it will scare you. Yeah, it's the word, huper perisio. Now, forgive me, sometimes the Greek gives a better picture. <laughs> when, the, the, when the Bible says high or above, sometimes the word pleonazo. Pleonazo is in thousands, the numbers of thousands. But the word Cuba Perisio is millions according to the structure of millions. So he's saying, esteem your pastors in the dimensions of millionaires, in the dimensions of billionaires, very highly because of their work sake. So you can see we don't do it according to the scripture. We are truly not. That means he's trying to also tell you that you can esteem your um, governor, you can esteem your MP, you can esteem your party head, you can esteem your flag bearer, but when it comes to your pastors, very highly, very highly, very highly, very highly, hallelujah. <laughs> Talking about your president, is a sin, evil speaking, is a sin, but talking about your man of God is a worse sin. Do you know in the Bible there are sins and sins? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are great. <laughs> when he came to betray, do you know what they said to Judas? He said it was better he was not born. That, that is a serious crime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, after the sin is there, but there are dimensions to it. 
So when it comes to your pastors, they are not in the category of criticism. They are not presidents of nations. They are not elected officials. That you can come and say, oh, he's not correct. Oh, that pastor, I don't care about his instruction. Eh, eh, very highly. Very highly. Very highly. Hallelujah. I'm so passionate about teaching Anna because I realize that half of the people who die in our generation is this Anna. Yeah. 20 years, 30 years. When you go and ask why they died, they are not talking to their mother, they fought with their father. So Satan came for them. Cut their life short. I'm serious. I'm not joking. It's Anna that's creating a problem. Or they dishonored the man of God and walked out. Death will find you. Hallelujah. We have to esteem them highly for their work's sake. Now, according to a certain psychological statistics in 2014, as of then, it was said that worldwide, 1,500 pastors resigned from the ministry daily. No, so every year, yearly. Every year, 1,500 pastors resign. And the reason they resign is burnout and fatigue. And they feel they are not tears. Recently, I was hearing a story of a pastor in America who came one day as he was preaching and said, I'm done. Find another pastor. And he left. Yeah. You, you know, you know. You know the kind of problem you... When you were even coming with a problem, you knew. You were wondering if we can solve it. You know. You know this problem. Even the juju man couldn't solve it. You know, he was helping you and the spirits that came there, he begged them that you are beyond him. And you brought it to pastors and we helped you. So sometimes the burnout is much. But the Bible says we have to esteem them. Say from today, I'm highly esteeming my man of God. Amen? Not only so. Remember, Paul and Barnabas had an issue by a certain gentleman called John Mark. Do you know why? John Mark was told to follow them. In the middle of the journey, John Mark said, I can't. It's too much for him. <laughs> he packed his bag and told Paul, in the middle, he, he forsook them and left. Forsook them. Then they went to suggest him again. Paul said, Barnabas, he's your cousin, that's why. But that guy is not serious. He is not expedient for the ministry now. Because where we are going, we cannot lose men because of fatigue. But John Mark was fatigued. Do you know Paul, who is the new creation? I'm a new creation. The one who said, I can do all things through Christ, who strengthens me. At some point said, we are despaired of life. <laughs> you have no idea. Paul said, I, I wish we were dead. <laughs> he said, we are despaired of life. So John Mark could not and left him. So esteem. Yes, ago I heard the pastor say, one hour, in fact, 30 minutes of preaching is equal to eight hours of farming. Yes. You see this thing. You think, so you, damn, the world has deceived you that, oh, you're a full-time minister. You do nothing. You, we do nothing. <laughs> you have no idea. We do nothing. Everyone who was once working, who came to ministry, knows ministry is harder work than any office work. I mean, when I say that you have schedule of duties, you don't use your spirit. You just use half of your brain. All you need when you are struggling, eat some fruits, sugar enters your head, you can think well. When it comes to spiritual matters, it's different. Sometimes you are changing the gear, but something is preventing you. Because you are trading with spirits. And the spirits don't sleep, but your body gets tired. And sometimes you have to pull your body into the realm of the spirit, beyond what it can bear. It's not easy work. Don't joke. So when you hear a pastor is dying of stress and fatigue, you think it's just preaching. You have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea. Hallelujah. Please, are you following me? 
John Marquit. Now, Paul now was writing to this same, another batch of people called the Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. Please, quickly, let me show you again. Quickly. 1 Corinthians 4, 1. He said, let a man consider us. Let's read this one two together. One to go. Servants of Christ and stewards of the mystery. Sansi, let's read this again. One to go. Hallelujah. Now, when Paul was talking here also, he said they should consider us servants of Christ. Now, usually, if you check the Bible, the word servant is the word doulos, a bond slave. Doulos. But it was not so here. The word that was translated servants here is a very interesting word called huparitas or huparitis. Yes. Very interesting word. Huparitis, yes. Hallelujah. <laughs> now, this word huparitis is a very interesting word. Those days, you know, there's the largest sailing ship. It's actually called the, I've forgotten, the sea, sea World, something, something, um, um, cruise ship. And it's the height of the Empire State Building in America. Yes, New York. The, the length is the, when you put it, it can go that length. It's very large. About 14 to 16 floors. That's when you take the elevator. About 14 to 16 floors of different buildings. Yeah, yeah, very powerful boat. In fact, when you put it close to the Titanic, the Titanic is about quarter or half of that ship. Very large. And those ships, in those days, they had similar ones. They had the boat or the canoe, then they had mega ships. Mega ships were motioned, if you've seen it most in Viking and Roman battle, you see some, the people have oars move to the side. So when they are coming, you see something moving by the side, like sticks. Those sticks were done by criminals in the lower deck. Who has what Judah been here before? Ben Hare, Judah Ben Hare, an old, yes. That movie, you see that they arrested him and put him in a dock. They tie you to chains and they put you on the rower and you move. So there will be a soldier who comes downstairs with a band. When it's time to move, he gives a pace. Bam, bam. So they just go one, two, one. Then the ship is moving. When it's battle formation, bang, bang, bang. So they go fast. So you see the ship will be moving fast. So today we have mechanical engines for mega ships. But in those days, they had biological engines. Men were the engines. Because without the men, there is a sail, but the speed of the boat is limited without the oars. So what happened in those days was that these men were actually criminals because whilst you are rowing, hunger can kill you, death can kill you, and they will just throw you into the sea and they will replace you with another slave. Strangely enough, the captain is not the one who moves the ship. The engine of the ship are men. And the men were criminals of low estate. They decided the speed of the boat. And they move. They are, they are rowing for the boat to go. Hallelujah. Strangely enough, Paul said the word huparitis is actually that word, under rowers. So he said, let every man consider us the under rowers of the mysteries of God. That means the mystery eternal ship of Christ is motioned and moved forward by 
organic biological engines. And those biological engines are men. And those men are the servants of God. That means without us, the eternal ship of God's assignment cannot move. Cannot move. You think you are getting things because, oh, now, since I came to Dominion, by the grace of God, I have a new car. I have a new house. So, parabashotorobo. I think now um, the Lord has blessed me. I can, I, can, I, can, I can do one or two things in the ministry. If you like, try. It, it is because of underrowers. But those underrowers are considered. That's why the world attacks men of God than any group of people. No, I'm telling you. Aside, men of God, as soon as they see your face, liar. Two days ago, I was on YouTube, and you know they had done a design on the stage. They used the paint to do some design, so there were triangles on the stage. And I went to see a comment session. Somebody wrote, "Church of Satan, pyramids, wrong, wrong." I said, "Ah, <laughs> somebody has done a design." He said, "They are not using what you are preaching. Just a triangle." Because of that, it's the Church of Satan. I said, "Wow, what a world." The world is quick to judge servants of God because they consider us criminals. They say, go and check all of YouTube channel, fake pastors, thieves, tight eaters. But they've not entered the church. Yeah. One day I heard Prophet Manasseh say something that really struck me. He said, every Sunday you see us collecting envelopes. He said, after Sunday in the week, the envelopes leave and we have to add half more. But they call us thieves. This true work Bible says we are considered criminals. We look like fake men who are in your life for money. Meanwhile, the Bible says those fake men, they are the engine of the ship of destiny. They are the ones that make the assignment of God, the purposes of God, the mysteries of God relevant on the earth. Without them, it cannot move. That's why the Bible said, consider them very highly for their work's sake. Not for their appearance, not for their title, for their work's sake. Hallelujah. Then if you, if, when you go, please read 1 Corinthians 4, the entire chapter. But verse 9 says something again. That it's as if, verse 9, verse 9, 1 Corinthians 4, 9. It says, it's as if God has set for us. It says, I think that God has displayed as the apostles last, as men condemned to death. Now, the word last is a very interesting word, which actually was used in ancient Greece. Now, in those times, they have, Rome started it, you know, from the time of Nero. They started something called the games. Gladiators would come and fight, all those things to fight. But there was something called the last show. And the last show was not just gladiators fighting. What happened was that they do all the games, battles, knives, you know, competition. When they are done, horse racing. When they are done, they go for Christians. And they put them in the theater and release lions, tigers. Leopards to eat them up and tear them to pieces. But after them, they bring the leaders of the Christians. That's how they were doing their games. So that word last actually means last show. They are the last of the show. He says, it's as if God has made us the last show to the world. That's what God has made men of God. <laughs> That's why I said we have been made a spectacle to the world and to angels and men. We are the last show. Every dangerous attack, the men of God are the last show. <laughs> Didn't you read the scriptures in Zechariah chapter 13? It says, smite the shepherd and the sheep shall scatter. So in it, any breakup you feel, now can I tell you something? 
70% of the last that falls on pastors is not because they are lastful. It's because Satan threw it to members, but they must receive a higher portion first. Because if a pastor is caught in last, last to travail in the church, to have ease in the church. So sometimes some pastors who fail, it's not because they wanted to fall. Who starts ministry to fall? Nobody. But they are tacks. His mind will be suffering, not because he's not a good person, but because if he breaks up, he has given a sign that everybody can divorce. And he has no mouth again to counsel failing marriages. He's afraid to talk about it. You see pastors delaying childbirth. It's not, it's not, sometimes it's a, it's a large show. It's a large show. And sometimes it's not even Satan. Sometimes it's God who is giving you stretching capacity so that he paces you according to the advancement of your people. Because if it was a law, some of us would have been in America by now. But if we go to America, how will you be pastor? You don't know how many times pastors have to sacrifice green card so that they can preach. Yeah. So if you don't esteem them highly, God is watching you from heaven with, you are insulting me in your house and he is kneeling down. Father bless Ajoa. Father bless Constance Kadora. And you are in your house. Oh, forget pastor. The way he spoke to me, I didn't like it at all. But he is kneeling down and saying, oh Lord, if I spoke to her harshly and she didn't understand, help her. Can you imagine the opposites in heaven? This one is praying for you. You are cursing. Ah, you are bringing judgment to yourself. I'm telling you. One day I told the young pastor, I said, don't follow Bishop David Oedipo. When he speaks out of heat, don't follow him. But he himself said it one day that many times when he finished speaking, he goes to tell God, forgive how I spoke. So if you get angry at him, God has forgiven him. <laughs> it's like David. Whilst he's asking for mercy, Uriah's family is angry. Because David said, I'm sorry. I was shaping iniquity. And Uriah's family said, you, you must die. God, kill him. You see, you have taken the wrong side. Esteem them highly. Very highly. Very highly. Some of the greatest apostles in heaven are not on television. You see, entertainment and the world has deceived you. I'm telling you, no, no man after the flesh. There's a free, that's why you need to know God. When you know God, when a man carries God, you don't need advertisement. You can sense, you can feel flame because you also flames yourself. Yeah. Hallelujah. God. Hallelujah. Are you here? We had a lunch show. No wonder Paul, when he was preaching, he says, beside all these things that come upon me, the care of the churches. Do you know the care of the churches? In one day you must mourn, in the evening you must praise. Why? You went to a funeral in the morning, by evening you have to be at a wedding reception. And you can't come mourning. Yeah. In 2021, I lost my brother on Friday. Sunday I was preaching in church. Because if I, God said, if you give up, you have scattered the flock. Saturday was when I got the news. And I stayed with my I had to tell my parents. Do you know what it means? To tell your mother that one of her boys are dead. She, she melted in my hands. Yeah. And I carried her upstairs. I had to stay with them for, for hours. I was driving. I, as I was driving, tears were coming down my eyes. I said, Lord, this is too much stress for me. So now when I travel, I'm now the only son. You know, that was... So she has to be, where are you? Are you okay? So sometimes even the checking up feels like because you're alone. You're the only one we have left. I'm telling you, serious. But beside all these things, I have not quit the ministry. A long time ago, I heard Bishop Doug say, pastors are like goats. When they sweat, you can't see. 
Have you seen your gold sweating before? <laughs> so the things are piercing you, but you are standing. Take it. Father, you are giving. Take it. Pastor, by the grace of God, somebody blessed me hundred thousand dollars. Then you knew you said, God, how come? Me, I release hundred thousand. I don't even have thousand. What, what is going on, Lord? Hey, we are like little daughters. <laughs> Did you remember that? Debbie, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Then they said, why is the lotto doctor not rich? He said, because he's a good Samaritan. <laughs> because he's giving you permutations. Six, six, four, two, eight, one. Sure banker. No, no, one, two. That's how pastors are. We are lotto doctors. We help you to get money. And we ourselves. <laughs> yes. A long time ago, I said, Lord, when I enter the ministry, I don't want to be, I don't want salary. But how do I keep my family? I want to start business. When I said I want to, God came and said, don't be silly. You can never own a business or work. I heard it clear. So you can come to a give business counsel, but me, I can't have one. Not a doctor. <laughs> Go and ask the juju man. Who is doing sakawa for you? Why hasn't he done for himself? Because according to the order of the altar, the one who supplies the energy of the altar must sacrifice his own blessing. Because otherwise, if you get it, you leave the altar. So the way you stay there to help others is your sometimes God will slow it down. The houses you get, your members will get it rather. The cars you get, they will rather get it so that you stay at the altar. And people can receive help. Esteem them very highly. When I asked pastor, I talked to pastor, pastor tell me that he was a lecturer, that he was, the, if that he chose another path, and now you hear him in Ghana politics. Yes, you'll be a godfather of a party. <laughs> They'll come to him for cancer that challenge. How can we win the elections? <laughs> yeah, very smart man, I'm telling you. But he chose the way of God. Too many stories that shows that he chose the way of God. Even if it cost him his dignity, he chose the way of God. I'm telling you. Esteem them highly, very highly. So Paul says, in perils often. In perils of my own countrymen, in perils of robbers, in perils in my journeys. Paul said, A night and a day I spent in the deep. He said, Five times received I stripes. He said, 39 stripes of the Jews. And he says, I in prisons often, in nakedness often, in hungers often. And Paul said, Even all these things, he said, I, I speak the truth and I lie not. And Jesus Christ bearing me witness. Oh, then he said, but when I entered a certain city of the Damascenes, the governor and the Aretas was desirous to apprehend me. But in the night, through a window, was I let down in a basket. One day, a certain program was themed, Hold My Basket Well. <laughs> That's the theme of the program, Hold My Basket Well. Why? If they didn't hold Paul's basket well, 14 epistles would be lost. So sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, it is necessary. It's apostleship. He said, as true yet being called liars, as poor yet making others rich. He says, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing. So sometimes a prophet, a man of God, a servant of God, a, a, a minister of God looks like a contradiction. That's why the Bible says in Hebrews 12 verse 3, consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. He was on the cross 
and he was the Lord of Lords. But they said, if you are the Savior, save yourself. Sometimes you are the Savior. No wonder he said when he healed his own hometown people and he came to his own hometown, they said to him, physician, heal thyself. They told him that we don't believe this thing you are calling anointing. He said, heal thyself. So sometimes a man of God is a contradiction. Sometimes in your lowliest time, it's your greatest ministration. You are down. You are depressed. But when you say, take it, people are falling down. And you are like, what is this? What is this? Consider them very high. You don't know what a man of God is. You can sleep. When, when we are in trouble, who do we call? Long time ago, somebody gave a team to a program. Who watches the watchman? Even the watchman needs a watchman. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I like how you're looking at my face. But let me show you how to honor your pastor. Three things, just three things to honor your pastor. This is one of my shortest messages here. Please, how many minutes have I done? 30. Have I done 30 minutes? How many? Have I? It's not up to 30. Yeah. I've done 30. 35. Oh my God. All right, I thought I was going to set a record today, but how to honor your pastor? Number one, by praying for him. By praying for him. By praying for him. Paul, after he said, pray without ceasing, despise not prophecy, quench not the spirit, in verse 25 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, he says, brethren, pray for us. Paul, anointed Paul. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 25, he says, brethren, pray for us. Why will Paul, who is the most anointed apostle, do you know Paul? Kai, Paul said, pray for us. Why will Paul say pray for us? The problem with the church today is that sometimes we think that our pastors are so anointed, they don't need our prayers. Now he asks them, do you pray for us? Oh, daddy, you are you. Why should I pray for you? You? What, what am I going to say? I'm going to show you what to say. <laughs> Colossians 3, 4. He said, pray that we may have utterance. Colossians 3, 4. Uh-huh. No, sorry. First uh, Corinthians. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lakotos Kama. Yeah. Yeah. Colossians 4 3, not 3 4. Colossians 4 3. Not 3 4. Uh huh. He said, Meanwhile, pray also for us that God will open a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in jail. So God will give us utterance. You open a mouth. King James says utterance. God will give us utterance. Why is utterance? You see that Bible says we'll be able to present the word and give them portion of meat in due season. Sometimes when you see your pastor come and he doesn't know what to preach, it's lack of your prayers. It's you who didn't pray. Yeah. Pray for your pastor so that there'll be utterance. Speaking is not utterance. You see this prophet? It's not the English you know. It's the revelation that flows. So if you, don't, if you don't have the flow, what you know will not work. This thing we just read for the head so that the spirit can flow through it. Tell you. If so, if you don't pray for utterance, you say your pastor, and it's not even his plan. Every pastor here will testify. Sometimes you plan to prepare on Saturday. Sometimes you plan to prepare on Friday. You will be busy. Uh, emergency. You are here. For instance, me like this. Yesterday, I was going to see my fathers in the Lord and my biological father and my my in-laws. When I step out of my house at one o'clock, the traffic on the motorway 
I knew home to be like I've gone to Gomasi five hours. So I just went home quietly. <laughs> then I left home again around eight o'clock. I finally got to my spiritual father's place at eleven o'clock. So we left almost twelve midnight one. That's when we got home. So sometimes you didn't even plan not to prepare. Situations who cross, 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 cross is 30 minutes to the program. You're like, Jesus, give me a word. Give me a word. So sometimes when you see pastors, we come and we need that. Everybody kneel down. We are begging God, Lord, don't disgrace your servant. Ah, ah, ah. All these years I've preached. I'm showing you another trick. The other trick is when we hold the mic and say, title it by yourself. <laughs> it means that, hmm. God didn't really talk. We just said, uh, let's just admonish you because we too have the Holy Ghost. <laughs> we can say something. <laughs> Pray for us that we may have utterance because we must present the portion of meat in its season. Season. There's a season for it. Hallelujah. What do you pray again for? What do you pray again for? Amen. <laughs> we pray again 2 Thessalonians 3, 2, for protection. 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 2. Let's read together. One to go. And that we may be delivered. Yes. Delivered. The first night, I was preaching in church. When I got home, thieves had come to my house. Yeah. Whilst I was preaching for God, they were robbing me. Can you imagine? I've entered New Year. They have caught my fence, banged my door, took my tablets, took my laptops, took all the money I had in the house. Yeah. After that, when you go to police station, the police people also tell you that pay something. I'm like, you, are you okay? The money I had, they've taken it. I should pay you for what? My teeth in court. Like, what, what? How should I pay you? I'm not wearing gold teeth. Eh? <laughs> Hallelujah. But they say pay something. Thank you. Hallelujah. Are you here with me? Yeah. Pray for us, for unreasonable men. Reasonable men. When they arrested, you know, Acts chapter 12, they came for James. They killed him. And Israel, the disciples were sleeping. You know why? They were attacking everybody that had the transfiguration. So after James, they were coming for Peter. The next person was going to be John. But if the church prayed when he got to Peter, so that they stopped that robbery. So if you don't pray for us, you think that because we are Holy Spirit people, we are defended. It's a lie. Sometimes some of the accidents is lack of prayer from the church. Unreasonable men. Yeah, pray for us. How did Osofamako die? Military people killed him. And perhaps the church thought he's so powerful he can't die. But it's lack of prayer from the church. That's why soldiers could kill him. It was not Peter's anointing that delivered him. It was the prayers of the saints that sent an angel. Because that's what they thought about James. They said, oh, he's so anointed. He saw Jesus transfigure. I don't think he would die. He died. So a man can be anointed. But if you don't pray that God delivers him from unreasonable. So some of the unreasonable men prayers, eh, aside what we pray, there is a part the church must pray. We must pray. So unrobbers, death, wicked issues, attack from government is silenced. Pray for us. Pray. That unreasonableness to sometimes health issues. We have to pray. Pray that God will keep some men. Amen. Are you going to pray from today? Yeah. Why if you don't pray? Paul said in First Philippians 1, 19 and 20. He spoke about the prayers of the saints. Paul, Apostle Paul, the anointed man, the one who can shake snake into fire. The one who can bold guy. But he says, I know this, your prayers, eh? 
and it shall work for my service through your prayer and the supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ. What? That I may, verse 20, that I may be not ashamed, but with boldness. That means Paul says, whilst you pray for us, I have boldness to preach this word. I'll not be timid. Because in prison, there's something happening to my emotions that I may be boldness to preach the word. Then he says, the way it is going, it looks like I might die, I might not die. Whether in the body or out of the body, he said, whether by life or whether by death. Next verse, verse 21. He said, for me to live is Christ, for me to die is gain. That means that a pastor dying is not the loss to Jesus. It's a loss to the people. How do I know that? Verse 22. But if I live in the flesh, this fruit of my labor, yet shall I choose, I would not. You go to King James. Eh? This one is giving us very heavy. What to not know? Go to New King James. But I live in the flesh. <laughs> <laughs> this womb <laughs> hallelujah but if I live on in the flesh this will mean food from my labor yet what I shall choose I cannot tell verse 23 but see what he says for I am hard pressed between two having desire to depart and be with Christ which is far better so Paul says if I die it's far better but 24 nevertheless if I remain in the flesh it's more needful so there's a choice between far better and more needful our bishop could have been with Jesus by now. Huh? But it had to be far better. But the Bible says it is more needful for us. 25. What did he say? 25. And being confident of this, I know I shall remain. That means there's a way our prayers can keep our pastors on earth longer. Our prayers can keep them here longer. It is needful for us. It's needful for us. There are some people, the way they've encountered Jesus, if they go too early, we will not learn the ways of Christ. We need them here longer to receive full impartations. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So how then do you pray for them? Romans 15 verse 30. How then do you pray? Usually when we are praying for our pastors, this is how we pray. Father, we thank you for Bishop. We thank you for Pastor Isaiah. We thank you for Mommy. And we thank you for Mommy, Bishop. We thank you for um, Pastor Bishop, Pastor Isaiah's wife. Oh, Father, we thank you that Lord bless them. They take care of their children and all their children's children. And Father, thank you for the grandchildren. And Father, everything that is needed. Be alive. And you are lying in bed wobbling your legs. Hallelujah. Father, you said everything we should give thanks. We thank you. We thank you. Hey, hey. That's not... <laughs> Let's read together. I want to go. Now I beg you, brethren, through the Lord Jesus Christ, through the love of the Spirit, that you what? Strive. Do you have Amplified Classic? That you strive together with me in prayers for God. Let's read together. I want to go. I entreat you, brethren, for the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ, by the love given by the Spirit, to unite with me in what? earnest wrestling. So that prayer for your pastor, they don't lie in bed. You kneel down. The way you pray against witches in your house is the same intensity you used to pray for your pastor. That means you, you have to have this, you go to the forest and you are just praying for your bishop. For four hours, you are groaning. The, the Bible calls the sang angonizomai. It's from the word agonize in prayer. Agonizoma. You are agonizing in prayer. Why? For his children. For, listen, you have no idea. If you want to know the baddest set of people on earth who don't look like they are bad, it's pastor's children. Pastor's children? No, they are the first advertisement that what a pastor is doing is a fake thing. So Satan comes for pastor's children faster than any creature. Number two, you think that Satan likes drunkards? He likes the best. Satan to one's gifted men. Ah, why do you think the Freemasons are getting people? Rappers, 
rich men so that they can do proper advertisement. Satan does not use drunkards to advertise his kingdom. So if you are a drunkard and you know nothing, you are not a target for Satan. It is intelligent people Satan comes for. Beautiful women, handsome men, they are the target of Satan because they, they will help his advancement. So you pray for their children. The father let the assignment continue. Let men not begin. Go and read the Bible. It is not Ellie's fault. It is Phineas's fault. So that the wife of Phineas gave birth to a daughter and named her Ichabod. The glory has departed. Because often Phineas were eating sacrifice. Pray for them. Do you know what caused Samuel his ranking in the hall of faith? He said, time will fail me to mention Samson and Barak. How come Barak was behind Samson? Yet in Judges, Barak was in Judges 4, Judges 5 in the days of Deborah. Samson came in Judges 13. Yet according to scripture nomenclature, when they mention, sometimes said Paul and Saul and Barnabas and Saul. After a while became Saul and Barnabas. According to order of priority. So how come Samson is mentioned before Barak? Barak, when God told him to go and kill Sisera and the king, he rather went to call a woman. No wonder Deborah told her that a woman will take your glory. So her, his glory that he lost was the reason why Samson had higher ranking in faith than him. Because when Samson was told to, you know, do his assignment and he asked for forgiveness to complete the assignment, he didn't ask for somebody to help him. He said, Lord, let me kill the people and finish this work. Something happened to Samuel. Samuel anointed David, sir. But the Bible says, time will fail me to mention David and Samuel. How comes David is higher than Samuel? Because Samuel's children repeated the error of Eli. They became corrupt judges. And he said, ah, Samuel, the priest you inherited anointing from, the sons of their sons, you also did the same. But because of how God's connection was with Samuel, he kept his ranking. But his children made him lose if he was supposed to be first, he became third because of his children. So sometimes even our, our, our children can make us lose rank in our rewards. Because sometimes our children were our first ministry. The way we raised them gave us the assignment. But we taught the people, not the children. <laughs> so pray for them. Any temptation a pastor's daughter will go through is ten times more than a normal member's temptation. If a pastor falls, it is more serious than... When you fall, nobody even knew it. Because when you came to tell Pastor, hmm, Pastor, hmm, I don't know, I was taking a car, and a guy just took my number. By the time I realized I was in his room, and I was holding my breast, and I remember your message. And I said, ah, don't, the Lord can appear at any time. But I said, Lord, but you are in grace. So, Lord, you, even if you appear, I know that I'll make heaven, but just that I'll be a foolish virgin. Well, foolish virgin is better than hell, so I just did it. And it ended with us. Some of you are here. Your stories are very dangerous, very cantankerous. They are bombious stories. You used to stand at Togo Embassy, but nobody knows it's in our hearts. But let pastor even do it to a girl. The whole world will hear it. So we are more at risk of scandal than you. <laughs> so when a pastor's, your children are failing, but when a pastor's child fails, it's a different story. So they are the first, pray for them pray for them for the hand of God because sometimes the pastor is tired there's no money there's no school fees pray for them that father answer their prayer and those prayers don't wobble your leg in bed you groan what do you say in 31 why you groan on their behalf he said pray that we be delivered and rescued from unbelief so he was telling you that there are some things that are coming towards him but he needs intense prayers 
today pray intensely. Agonize for your bishop. Agonize for your pastor. Why? When you pray, according to Psalm 133, the Bible says, the oil flows from the head. That means whatever you don't pray for your bishops and your pastors to have, you will never contact it. Pray that they will own houses so that it will be an anointing in the church. House only anointing will be for us. Pray that they will own cars so that that one will flow for everybody. Because the oil flows from the head, runs down to the beard, even to the hem of the skirt. So if it does not connect from head, it's not coming to skirt. Don't ever think you can collect this thing from here when it does not touch here. So one of the fastest ways to get miracles. I heard one day David Ibiyoyomi said he was praying for church growth. Then one day the Holy Ghost says, spread the spirit. Pray for a bishop. So he started preaching for a bishop. The father let his church grow. He said the more he prayed for a bishop, the more his church grew. That's how it works. You try it. From today, start praying for your pastors and your bishop. What you are looking for, that you pray that God should give them, it will come to you. Yeah, without you asking it. That's how it works. Because you are connecting the oil. The Lord, give him cars. Open international doors. Lord, let 10 people bless him house. Let lands come. And as you pray that, you too. You know what you just said? If God is looking for land to give him, get it and go and give to him. It's fast like that. Number two. Giving to them. This is the part that Satan has deceived a lot of us. In the men of God, they are eating our money. Eh, spirits don't eat money. When they do, Akwele Sumaye, then they dance and they put Kokoe on the floor. Do you know in the night, it's not a wind that comes to carry the Kokoe? It's goats, dogs, and cats. They eat the food. They put it at Jamestown, Manchaguena, and you see Kokoe there. It's animals that eat it. Forget that thing, a spirit came to eat as animal. Well, let me also tell you, we too have the Holy Spirit, and we are higher than animals. So when we also eat your money, the Lord came to eat your money. Even God told the priest to eat the fat, the, 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 the breast of the, of, the, of the sacrifice. To eat. He, the Lord told them, burn the fat, the remaining meat. Do you think they were freezing it or they were burying it? Aaron and his sons ate the sacrifice after they burnt the part of God. What that meant was that even as priests, we too have our giving we must do. When we do our giving, the rest is for our consumption. But how come you are comfortable giving it to your boyfriend, girlfriend, um, sugar daddy, sugar mommy, um, sugar daughter, sugar son, MTN, Momo, they steal your money, Echo Bank will steal your money. You are comfortable. But when it comes to giving to the people who carry what will make you, you don't realize it's a counterproduction of Satan's agenda. It makes you struggle. You are struggling. It's easy to buy a thousand Ghana shoes, but you are struggling to buy, give a pastor a thousand cities. It's, it's, a, it's a force of it's, a, it's something that is fighting you. Giving. No, the word Anna, in fact, according to 1 Timothy 5.17, give, it says the pastors are worthy of double Anna. According to the term that was used in the Greek, it's called double remuneration. Double remuneration. Do you have the Passion Translation? Double remuneration. Double Anna. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, double Anna. Do you have... I think Amplified Classic or one of the versions use Amplified Classic. Uh-huh. Good at Good. See what it says. Let the elders who perform their duties of their office well be considered doubly worthy of honor and of adequate financial support. There is no honor that has no cash. Any honor without cash is lip service. Because where you treasure, your money goes. 
Whoever you treasure will spend your money. So when you go home today, go and check your book. What have you been spending the most on? Is what you treasure the most. You treasure your education, so all your money goes there. You treasure your girl, all your money. You treasure the church, all your money goes there. So giving is important. Galatians 6, verse 6. Passion translation. Let him that is taught communicate to his teacher. Now the word teach here is not didascalus. It's the word, it's, it's a different term that is quite interesting. The word teacher here is not the typical what I'm doing. The word teacher here in the Greek is, is not what I am doing here. What I'm doing here is, is teaching you. But the original text here is the word indoctrinator. This is somebody who gives you doctrine for life. That means when you sit down and you see somebody who has helped you shape how you see life, how you think, how you handle your family, that is the Bible calling teacher. Not the one you heard on a message or you were here, you listened to Joshua Seman once. Can you imagine you are here? Somebody is giving you a mindset and you are giving seed to Joshua Seman. No, it's a wrong transaction in the spirit. It's an error. It's the one you communicate in all things. Me, you can communicate in some things. But all your goods, that <laughs> is your indoctrinator. The one who gives you doctrine. How to marry. How to save money. How to pray. How to worship. That is the one Bible is calling teacher here. He said, you share in your wealth. There is a sharing of wealth between them. That means these are the people who say, they pray for you, get a government contract. As soon as you get a government contract, you pay your tithe. But the problem is that we do an error. Matthew 15, verse 4. Let me correct that error. Some of you think as soon as you put, oh, oh yeah, man, yeah, man, they put your offerings like, bruh, ah, I bless bishop. It's a lie. You didn't bless bishop. Why do you think bishop is like, offni, offni, yes? So after serve, you say, ah, mm, admin, how much did we get today? Um, 10,000. Okay, okay. Since it's my birthday, use 500 for the light, 200 for the water. The remaining 9,000, put it in my account. Oh, you know some churches do that. After service, they have meeting to share the offering. You don't know. That's why if it's a family church, we say mother, father, 50%. <laughs> Children, 10%, 10%, 50 That's how they share. So every Sunday, they, everybody knows what they got. It's not financial report. Everybody knows what they got because they are in. You, I'll show you how to go. When you go to the church and they are dancing, and say the bishop is constantly looking at the offering. That's, that's a joke. Amen. Let's go back. Matthew 15, verse 4. Before you say, ah, the way this bishop is looking at the offering, <laughs> is he going to count it after? Amen. <laughs> now, let's be said, for what? Whoever abuses or insults, now, uh-huh, uh-huh, next, yeah? For God commanded the next verse, uh-huh, whoever says his mother, uh-huh, now hold it. When you read the scripture well in context, what he was trying to say was that there are some people, when they come to church, or in context, the literal was like, he was saying some people, so the next verse says that you are, verse 6, he said what? Traditions. What do you say, verse 6? Uh-huh. He says, good. Then he need not to honor his That's the continuation of the statement. For thus, many of you have made tradition cause the power of God in the scripture to be of no What he was saying was that some people go like, they came to the synagogue and they gave their offering. So because of that, they will not give money to their parents. That's what he's saying. So he said, because we are giving to the church, we don't need to honor our mother and father. 15 says, because they've now put their money in the offering, for wherever 
whatever profit you might have received from me is a gift of God. Hyphen. Next. So we need not honor mother or father. What I'm trying to explain to you is that. So these people, what he was saying, Jesus was saying that that thing you are doing, that tradition, is stopping you from encountering the power of God. Some people feel that because they give to church, they have given to God. And because they've given to God, God must bless them. But he's saying something here. There is a giving you give to your mother and father. Spiritual and biological. When you put offering in the bowl, and you say because you put offering here, you will not give cash to your pastor, you are fulfilling the scripture. And tradition is going to destroy your harvest. So there are many people, they bring tithes. They bring offerings. But that is bishop's birthday or pastor's birthday. Pastor, this is a thousand cities. God said I should give to you. They will never do that one. Because to them, once they put it in the offering, they have given it to him. Error. And that's what he's saying. Because you have given to church, you don't need to give to your parents. It's an error. I like how you're all quiet because you're all corporates of it. Yes. Personally, when I host my pastor's friends and they come, I make sure every offering my money is part. Because what the ministry gives is not what I give. Are you getting it? And if we do that, the ministry will grow than you. But we have to grow together. So I have vowed to be the highest giver in my church. Highest. Any program you're hosting, I have to be the highest giver. It's a prayer of prayer that God give me capacity. And not only so, anybody I truly honor, my money must come in their hand. They must handle my cash. It's on purpose. It's on purpose. This is the part we fail. You know why? This is the part the Bible says. Go back to uh, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. Oh, oh my God. I've done one hour. As well, as well. I'm about to end as well, quickly. Last, yes, Hebrews 13, 15, quickly. Let's read together, I want to go. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of our lips, giving of his name. Next verse, 16. But to, uh-huh. God is well pleased. Now, there are very few things God is pleased. Bible says God is well pleased. Usually you see well-pleasing to the Lord or well-pleased. But there's one type of giving that is well-pleasing to the Lord. And that pleasing is the pleasing Philippians 4.18 says. Let's go there. Philippians 4.18. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Philippians 4.18. Paul said, I have received a gift from you. Yeah. He said, I need, I have all, I have need for nothing. But I've received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. So these people were not sowing into Paul's ministry. They were sowing to Paul's person. What I just explained to you earlier on Matthew 15, 4 to 6, is separating the person from his ministry. Because the ministry has structure. And the person has his own structure. That's why sometimes when I'm coming, I came with my personal offering for church. Whatever we say we are giving for bishop, I'll sow it. But I also came with personal seed I'll put in his hand. I did so. 
Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you here with me? It's God well pleasing. The day God showed me this key, in fact, when you read it in context, it says, He said, You have you, you, you lacked opportunity. The lacking of opportunity is at every given time you hear there's a need. There are times you didn't hear and they bought a car. But there are times you heard that a car must be bought. That your ear heard it was the presence of opportunity. If you don't, if you don't partake, it can cost you dryness in the next season. Yes. Because you have lacked opportunity. Let some of pastors say, oh, we want to buy pastor a car. I say, hey, how much? What car are you looking for? I'm telling you. I didn't tell you. Some people were discussing you. I said, how much? Let me know the amount. We'll see what we can do. Why? I cannot lack opportunity. Not men like this. We have supported fake men. And we have abused good men. What is happening? We have never sold you special oil. Or special honey. If I came and I put, you see, by the grace of God, because of how they are, we were able to connect. That means if they were not a certain way, I might not even be here. And if I'm not here, another person will be here. And when he starts prophesying, you do, oh, 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 then you start. Four honeys, 5,000 each, and people will pay. But the free one, that tells you that our spirit is not strong. What we are compelled to do, we are good at. What we are led to do, we are very shallow in. A lot of us are not shallow in giving. We are very shallow in giving. But when they say, so that's why usually pastors are pushed to do altar call for money. Because they have to coerce you. 10,000, please do something. And we can't let our bishop go like that. Let's do something. So you feel, it's not even there's Holy Ghost, it's out of communication. But when you say, please be led to give, it will never click that 10,000 is okay. 100 CDs or... Bishop, he looks good. Bishop looks fine. 17, ah, he's a nice man. Obi, Obi, Obi. Today, a man a thousand. Yes, because you think Bishop has. You don't give because a man has. You give because you are looking for something. That is shallow giving. That because a man looks like I'm dressed like this and they've put me. Please, it's a gift too. <laughs> Everything human beings will measure you. Because they're like, hey, and this man has my God. Hey, I a gift, Mr. Fine. Somebody sold it for me. <laughs> Are you understanding, sir? So because the thing is blinking, ah, oh, he has money. It's a lie. So sometimes we look beyond what we have. Some days ago, my, my brother, Pastor Tintop, was in town, and he said somebody called him in Abuja that they've got some land somewhere, and the land is 5 billion naira. And he said he laughed. He said, ah, people estimate me as a billionaire. <laughs> he said, because when they see your works of faith, they assume you can pay such monies. He said, I told some people to go and look for land so that we can move. He said they found a certain land. Spintex, $10 million. So, very often. <laughs> if it was my own, I'd say, hey, <laughs> who must be robbed? <laughs> but I'm in faith. Hallelujah. So I cannot make such confessions. Give. Sometimes your giving is not even for you. Many years ago, I was preaching at ATTC. When I was down, God said, empty your pocket. I said, Lord, <laughs> how are we going? He said, empty your pocket. So I removed everything in my pocket and I was just in service. So I'm preaching the word of God. Faith, you cannot preaching. Come, I beg no man. After I was done, I said, Lord, it looks like we will beg today. <laughs> because apparently three brothers follow me to the house and they are relying on me to order taxi. So I was done. You know, there's a way when you have everything, you want to go home. But this one I had nothing, so I was waiting. <laughs> Zaborobobo. Oh, yes. People even, hello, do you want to talk to me? Come, come. Because I need to spend time. 
and waste their times in case the Lord is about to minister, she minister quickly. And a young man walked in and said, excuse me, sir, God told me to empty my pocket. Now, he, he could have said, God said, I should give you this money. But because God said, empty your pocket, he made the young man use the same words. God said, I should empty my pocket. And guess what? I give, I, the last one was 15 cities. This is about 15 years or 13 years. All I had was 15 cities. The person gave me my 15 cities. Oh, so I'm never afraid to empty. Is, is what proves the sincerity of your love for the ministry. You are not sincere in your love when you struggle to give. Sincerity of your love is the way you give. Give is your duty for the men of God. Give. Lastly, the last point, obey them. Hebrews 13, verse 17, obey them. This is how to honor your pastor. Let's read together. Want to go? And be submissive, for they watch out for your souls, as they may give account. Let them do so with joy. Uh huh. For that will be unpro- now. When you read First Thessalonians two thirteen, Paul said First Thessalonians two thirteen. Please quickly, Paul said, "Ye, you are our hope, and our crown." Uh huh. Uh huh. All right. No, I think it's Second Corinthians. Eh? Are we there? Second Corinthians, please. Second Corinthians. Ah, oh no, go back to where am I? First Thessalonians. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Sometimes when they project it up there, it throws you off. Please speak in tongues. I just need to show you. Sorry, nineteen. Okay, yes, it's nineteen, not thirteen. Nineteen. 2 Thessalonians 2.19. Alright, let's read together. I want to go. For what is our hope, our joy, our crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you? That's the church members in the presence. So that means that you, ladies and gentlemen, are the crown and hope of Dominion Chapel. What it means is that there's coming a day there's, you are the crown and hope of Dominion Chapel. You are the crown and hope of Dominion Chapel. When we appear before Jesus Christ, God will do something called family judgment, church judgment. Do you know the Bible says the gates of heaven, 12 gates, and each gate is a tribe, and each tribe has names written. That's why you don't join ministries by feelings, you join by leading. Because when you get to heaven, there are books that will be opened. Yes, even in heaven, there's a church called the Church of the Firstborns. We have come to Mount Zion. To the church of the firstborns whose names are written. That means there is a registry for the church of the firstborns. Then when you come to the firstborns, there are priestly courses. Every ministry and the people God gave. That's why you don't live by feeling. Neither do you join by feeling. You join by revelation. Sometimes you join by somebody bringing your hand. As you are here, you begin to feel that this is my house. Don't joke with it. Don't joke with it. Because when the books are open and you are in the wrong line, Give, yeah, they can't, they can't give account for you. So Hebrews chapter, there's a very interesting thing there. Hebrews 13, 17, quickly. Yeah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hebrews 13, 17. It says, obey them. Do you have passion translation? I want to show you something here quickly. Passion. Passion. 
question. He says, obey your spiritual leaders and recognize their authority. For they keep watch over your soul without resting since you will have to give an account to God for their work. They will have to give an account to God for their work. So it will be ben What it means is that, ladies and gentlemen, the account he's talking about is not just judgment day. From time to time, every person that God has given bishop, pastor himself, all them, all of the, your leaders, as soon as you come to mind, is the day of accounting. And Bible says that when they think about you and it stirs up strife in their heart, Bible says it's not good for you. Oh yes, it's not good for you. <laughs> it's not good for you. How did, how did, how, oh my God, how did Reuben get cursed? God didn't plan Reuben to be cursed, but his father put it on his head. How did Simeon get all the things he got? They put it on his head. How did God reverse it? He used the man. Moses, he said, let Reuben live and not die. That means that it takes men for blessings to reach you. And it takes men to remove curses from your head. That is what the Bible is talking about account. There are some things when you do, even when we stand before God to pray on your behalf, we have heaviness of you in our heart. It's not good for you at all. He said, make their work pleasurable. Let them think of, Paul said, when I think of you, Philippians chapter 1, I, I remember you in my prayers. Philippians 1, 3. Anytime I think of you and I remember your face, verse 4, 3 and 4, he said, I cease not to give thanks. That means there are some people, as soon as you come to your pastor's mind, they go like, Kabadaba, Lord, ah, bless him. Lord, honor him. Lord, look at he said. He said, he said, bless him, honor him. Go to verse 3. He said, good. I always, in every prayers, I thank my God. Not, go back to verse 3. Not in mention, in remembrance. That means as soon as some people, you remember them, thank you, Jesus, for his life. That is pleasure. And that's how the remembrance of you in, a, in, a, in your pastor's mind is the day of accounting. Because he's counting you. So in his mind, after church, he goes to sit down. He begins to look at how the service went. Oh, the way you were smiling when the service was going up, that's an accounting. The way you squeeze your face, that's an accounting. All those, all the pictures coming, it's an accounting how the service went. And the Bible says, let them not do it with grief in their hearts. It's dangerous. Paul said, Demas has forsaken me for the love of this present one. He said, of which Hymenos and Philetus, 1 Timothy 1, verse 19 and 20, have gone astray, saying there is no resurrection. So these people, when Paul was teaching that there is resurrection, he said, it's a lie. It's not true. And Paul said, God will deal with them. It's dangerous for them. It's dangerous for them. It's dangerous for them. Do you know, even hearing God's voice is because of your spiritual leaders. Isaiah 30, verse 21. We quote the scripture all the time, but we forget there's a scripture before it. Isaiah 30, 21. Oh, this message is so important. That's why I've preached more than 30, 30. That's why I've preached more than usual. Okay. But that's also a joke, because usually I don't think I can preach in 30 minutes. So <laughs> it's also a joke. <laughs> let's let's read the scripture. I want to go. Your This is the way. Okay. Have you noticed what we've caught this scripture many times? You realize, but there's a reason it happens. Verse 20. He said, There's bread of adversity. There's difficulty in water of affliction. But your teachers will not be moved. And your eyes shall see your teachers. So that 21 says what? Your ears. So, because your teachers are around, 
you can hear this is the way. So without your teachers, you can't hear which way to take. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've ever taken the right way, it's because of the voice and the manifestation of your teachers in your life. He said, your eyes will see your teachers and your ears will hear your teachers and they will be shouting, no, wrong, yes, right. Because he said, your ears will hear. You didn't say it, neither did God say it. Why will your ears hear it? Because your teachers, according to verse 20, verse 20, what did he say? Oh, let your teachers not be moved into a corner anymore. That means when they move their teachers into a corner, obscurity, non-relevance, they couldn't hear his voice. But when your teachers are around, can I tell you something? God is so amazing. I asked God one day, why did you say to the people who say we shouldn't call any man father, look to Abraham, your father. From that rock where you were healed. How? Why must we look to a man? He said, I'm spirit. And anytime a man finds full expression of me, they become my teachers and representation. Because you relate by what you see, not by what you don't see. So I send you men who have postured like me. That's why I said, I trust them. These are the men I give you because they have passed the test of full representation of me. So when I send them to you, how to pray that you'll be reading the Bible that does not look well to you. When you see the man pray, you're like, ah, this must be what Jesus has been saying. When you see a man smile and love difficult people, they become the Jesuses and the patterns of teaching that God uses to explain to you how love works, how authority works. And the Bible says when they are around you, your ears will always be open to know the way to take. So anytime you see someone taking confused decisions, it is a first indication. They have pushed teachers and spiritual leaders to a corner. That's why you are making mistakes. So anytime you are making mistakes, know that you have become distant from your authority. Today, honor your pastor. Open your spirit up. Stretch it. Believe God. He gives seed to the soul. You've been asking for bread. That's why you never have seed. Ask for seed. One of the prayers I realized God answers quickly is seed. Tell God, give me a seed for 31st. Give me a seed to bless my pastor. He answers that with speed. Then you want money for your own car. It will take a while. Because God will always use the system that breaks selfishness. When you think about others, yours comes faster. Today, I provoke you. Let Anna produce life. Let Anna bring us access. These are men who have worked with giants that we celebrate in Africa. They don't talk about it, but that's where they've been. And one day when I met them, God said, you don't need to go to Canaan. These people have stepped there. They have served under grace. Let them bless you. So every day I come, I try to do things that will make them put their hand on my head and say, the Lord bless you. It's the highest blessing you can ever have. Lift your hand and begin to speak to the Lord. Lord, help me to honor. Help me to appreciate. Lift your voice. Shall rise to our feet and lift our hands and thank God for the life of our bishop. Lift your voice, raise your voice, and thank God for his life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, let your voice be heard. Let your voice be heard. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 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 Just one more minute. Do that quickly. Lift your voice and thank God for the life of our daddy, the bishop. 
Bless God. Bless God. Bless God. Bless God. In Jesus' mighty name. Can we clap and celebrate God for the life of Prophet Adam? How many of you have received light this morning? I have received light. What a blessing. Hallelujah. All right, so um, before you sit, we are going to quickly act on the word that we received. We're going to sow a seed into the life of our bishop. Amen. How many of you want to do that? What a blessing. God bless you for listening to this message. You can also enjoy our messages on Anchor, Spotify, Podcast Addict, and all other podcast platforms. Visit us at Dominion Chapel International, the special place near the XGI building, Shashi, Accra. Do remember to subscribe to this podcast to receive more life-impacting teachings by our seasoned ministers of the gospel every single week. You can also follow DCI, the special place, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Always remember that God loves you.